0: Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I am a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss the academic success in Asian China. Less time on homework, more on sleep. Schools and teachers are no longer allowed to make exam scores and class rankings public to protect the self-esteem and privacy of students. These are some of the latest rules aiming to protect China's primary and middle school students. The day before the Ministry of Education issued the rules on June 1st, Zhang Xifeng, a 17-year-old student at Hengshui High School of Hebei Province, went viral. In his speech on Anhui TV program, Super Speaker, Zhang compiled himself to a humble country pig, and shared his ambition to grab a city cabbage. Well, he did not specify what city cabbage is. For a young man from a small town, the metaphor likely refers to a well-paid job and a wife from a middle-class family in a larger city. China's education authorities have repeatedly tried to reduce the academic workload of school-aged children. They tried to replace exam-oriented education with an approach that targets students' ethical, mental, and physical development, as well as academic success. Many parents also hoped that the shift would give their children a happier childhood and make their own lives easier. Parents are tired of spending too much time and money on their children's homework and off-campus courses. But these attempts went nowhere, as students holding degrees from good universities have much better chances of getting good jobs. And wealth and social status are measures of success. This is why Yang Zhang Xifeng is so eager to climb the social ladder through academic success. The Hongshui High School he recently graduated from is known for high rate of admission to China's top universities. China has a very long tradition of attaching great importance to academic success. But is climbing the social ladder the only purpose and indicator of academic success in Asian Chinese society? Over 2500 years ago, A 13-year-old boy named Yan Hui became the youngest pupil of Confucius. He grew up to be Confucius' favorite student. He never pursued a political career or wealth. According to Confucius, Yan Hui lived in a shabby alley, used bamboo utensils to eat and a wooden ladle to drink. But Yan still enjoyed his life. Confucius appreciated how Yan found pleasure in a simple lifestyle. His pursuit for ethical integrity, indifference to fame and wealth, and a strong interest in learning. From this, we get the Chinese idiom eating with bamboo utensils and drinking with a wooden ladle, which means a virtuous scholar living a simple life. Chinese scholars have literally worshipped Confucius for thousands of years. Even today, parents pray for Confucius' blessings. For their children's success in the national college entrance exam. But Confucius did not put academic success above everything. As the first person in history to educate children from ordinary families, his purpose and method was to encourage students to de- derive pleasure in the process, not the result of acquiring knowledge and pursuing virtue. Confucius called those who achieved this virtuous gentlemen or junzi. This is why he appreciated Yan Hui so much. It shows that Confucius rejected the utilitarian view of education. Scholars abided by Confucius definition of Junzi and his methods of cultivation in the following centuries. During the mid third century, the Sima family launched a military coup in the Wei kingdom, the strongest of the three regional powers of what is now China. Sima forces killed Thousands of people. Most scholars avoided politics as a means of survival and a protest of the Sima's power. On Yuntai Mountain, about 100 kilometers from the Wei capital Luoyang, today's Henan province, seven scholars would often gather in a bamboo grove. There, they indulged themselves in drinking, singing, reciting poems, and playing music. We know them today as the Seven Scholars of Virtue in the Bamboo Grove. However, this passive form of protest was risky. Scholars faced a tremendous pressure to serve the government to show their support for the powerful Sima family. Six of the scholars in the Bamboo Grove eventually yelled it. But Ji Kang held out. Shan Tao, one of the Seven Ji's closest friend, Try to persuade him to do the same and accept the official position offered to him. Ji responded with a letter to Shan, expressing his despise for all ancient rulers revered by authorities and scholars, including King Tang of the Shang dynasty, who overthrew the Xia dynasty, and King Wu of the Zhou dynasty, who overthrew the Shang dynasty. Although Ji Kang said he wrote a letter to break off his friendship with Shan Tao, his real purpose was to challenge the authority of the Sima family that was planning to usurp the throne. Sima Zhao, the head of the family who dominated the politics of the kingdom, ordered for Ji Kang to be executed. Ji Kang did not show the slightest fear. He entrusted his ten-year-old son to Shan, then played his most famous piece of music at the execution grounds. We lost the music with him. Putting ideals above material pursuits, continued even when seeking a political career, was the most important indicator of success. In 1046, Fan Zhongyan, a Northern Song official, was demoted and left the capital Kaifeng, Henan province, after his reforms on cracking down on corruption and improving government efficiency were suspended. In the same year, he wrote an essay about Yueyang Tower in today's Hunan province, which was first built over 830 years earlier and then rebuilt under the auspices of his good friend Teng Zijin, a top local official. Feeling down about this career, he wrote that a man of virtue should not succumb to sorrow or exaltation just because of changes in his situation. A virtuous man focuses on the well-being of people when he assumes senior positions and on the governance of his sovereign after leaving politics. But these constant concerns seemed to contradict Confucius' ideas about taking pleasure in striving to be virtuous. Therefore, a man of virtue, Fan Zhongyan wrote, should be worried about the well-being of people even before people think about it themselves and rejoice only after everyone else in the world lives a happy life. Liu Yong, a contemporary of Fan Zhongyan, forever influenced the styles of lyrical verse. He did not pass the imperial exam until he was 50 years old, served as a low-level official and died in poverty. He failed the exam four times and was poor for most of his life. Very often, he lived off to writing lyrical verses for singers in brothels. He had a lot of empathy for those women as a marginalized group in society And wrote a lot of verses describing their lost loves. It is important to note that all these scholars, though without economic or political ambitions, were recognized and revered by authorities. Other scholars and the public during and after their lifetimes. Confucius had 72 top students. Yan Hui may not have been the best among them by academic standards. However, not only Confucius exalted his virtues, but also many of China's rulers since the Tang dynasty. When Sima Zhao ordered Kang to be executed, thousands of scholars petitioned to overturn his sentence. Temples dedicated to Fan Zhongyan were built in many places following his death. Liu Yong's verses were very popular among scholars and regular people. Where there is a well, people will recite Liu Yong's verses wrote, Ye Mengde, a scholar born 24 years after Liu died. Though literati disapproved of Liu Yong's romantic sentiments and association with women at brothels, they admired his verse and were influenced by his writing style. These cases show that non-utilitarian values were not only practiced by Asian Chinese scholars, but also recognized and respected in Asian-Chinese society. People admired scholars who achieved political careers through the imperial examination system, but those who lived lives of virtue, dignity of great learning were as much as or even more revered sometimes, even if they never held official positions or built wealth. Climbing this social ladder was not the only reason for scholastic achievements in Asian China. The country pig chasing city cabbage speech saw both praise and criticism online. Some said they understood and appreciated the boy's ambitions to rise in the ranks of society through hard work, while others expressed concerns that his attitude tacitly glorifies achieving one's goals by any means necessary. Comparing him to Julian Zor, the ferociously ambitious protagonist in Standout's 1830 novel The Red and the Black. This shows that the same two cultural traditions over education and learning continues in today's China. That is the end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Zhang Yue, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor JT. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.